0: Let's talk to my new friend, Libby. Let's let her pronounce her last name. DaleWileyShow.com Because there was something in the water in Springfield, Missouri. Hey,
1: don't forget me. I'm Brenda Lee, and we're all going to have fun tonight on Ozark given.
0: To the Missouri Music Podcast, hosted by music fan and the founder of Slewfit Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. And so now, I would like to say that I'm talking to Libby, and I want to have you pronounce your last name. I can do that for you. Okay. My last
1: name is uh, my last name is Rodenbo.
0: Okay. Well see, that's good because I just thought I'm gonna I'm gonna give the wrong pronunciation and no way am I gonna do this. I'm gonna let you do it. And so let's start by asking you, what kind of music do you play?
1: Um, I play I'll tell you what uh instruments I play. I mostly okay. play, mostly play the violin. Right. And um I also play just a uh, little pinch of guitar and piano, and mostly I play those to write songs on. Right. Um, and I, a lot of times I play violin and sing in a kind of Americana folk band called Mipso. Yes. And in my spare time, I just sort of dabble in whatever kind of forms seem to suit the songs that come out of me yes well (laughs) the
0: reason i asked is because americana it just has so many different names and you're clearly Mm -hmm. in the genre but i thought it'd be interesting to ask you what you play and so let's start by talking about how'd you first get interested in music
1: i uh my older sister played violin and i wanted to be just like her um So I started out doing classical violin and piano, and I really like that style of music. I especially like playing in an orchestra, but it's so competitive, and I was not a diligent enough student to really excel in it. So I spent a lot of my early musical life kind of resenting myself and feeling bad really? about myself. Wow. Um, and I so I was... It was a big transformation for me when I got to be, uh, 19 or 20 and realized that I wasn't going to be a professional classical musician. And right. then I had this, um, I had this revelation that I could play music kind of for pleasure and that I could improvise and that I could play more, um, you know, vernacular kind of folk styles of music that right. were made for people to be able to play for all people to be able to play. Yes um, and that that opened up a whole new relationship to music and to my instrument for me, and for well, I'm very grateful for that
0: and so now tell me about MIPSO. Are you guys still a group, or is it is it done?
1: No, we are. We actually have a new record coming out
0: oh, in right. October,
1: yeah uh-huh. um, but we like like all bands, we're kind of on the Temporary, oh, so but hiatus,
0: yes. indefinite
1: hiatus. Yeah, we yes. had we had tours planned all spring and summer, but now oh, everything's uh, everything's grounded.
0: But you clearly have your own stuff too, and that is so cool. And I, mean, I want to hear about that.
1: Yeah, I started kind of, I started stowing some songs away as I was. And well, in, in Mipso, we are all songwriters. So I contribute songs to that uh, band, but there were also a lot of songs I wrote that didn't make sense with the band for one reason or another. And so I just had this collection that started to grow, and I felt um, itchy, you know. I I wanted to do do something with those songs, so I decided I'd have a, a solo part of my musical life, too.
0: Okay, well, tell me how that's been going. What's been going on?
1: I made a record that I put out on a um, label that some of my friends started here in North Carolina called Sleepy Cat. What's that
0: called? Okay.
1: And uh, the record is called Spectacle of Love. Okay. And um, it came out, oh gosh, when did it come out? I guess a, a couple of months ago now at the end of May. Yes. It actually came out, I know this because it was a very bad feeling it came out a few days <laughs> it came it came out a few days after uh, george floyd was killed right and um and that made it the first several weeks of having a record out um i felt very uncomfortable about you know talking about myself or thinking about myself in that right. way about my artistic yes. output in those moments so i kind of had this um it was sort of an arrested uh progression, putting it out in the world. I, I I, released it, you know, on digital platforms, but I uh-huh. didn't uh I didn't do much else. And I still haven't done much else about it. But eventually okay. I'm gonna make some uh some physical records. Oh you are? Okay.
0: Well is it records or you know vinyl or CDs or what what are the things now to put it on?
1: I'm gonna do both. I I was actually just gonna do vinyl because that I don't really buy CDs anymore and I know a lot of people right. who buy yes. <laughs> who buy more vinyl than they buy CDs um right but CDs are also so much cheaper to make that if yes. you're trying if you're trying to get people the most people to buy it then it makes sense to offer that format too just barely <laughs> still <laughs> yes
0: and so how do you know Lawrence Dare Dor who introduced us
1: she was my uh college professor. Okay. Tell and me about her. Uh, yeah, she's she's a very powerful person. Yes, she, she is sure is. An amazing English professor. And yes. um that's how I knew her and I really enjoyed it was in this uh this course. Actually it was a comp lit course um I'm trying to remember the title of it, but it was sort of a contemporary american literature and we we did a lot of um a lot of rock uh yes. m- music based um literature and films, but I did not know that she was a musician until yes. I was about That's to um musician. i was about to finish the class and uh-huh. she she actually suggested she or she asked me if I was considering grad school. And I uh, was kind of like a little bit full of myself, and I was like, "Oh, actually, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be in a band, so I, I'm not gonna be able to go to grad school." And she said, "Oh, well, you know, I got my PhD while I was touring, so it actually right. can work can work pretty <laughs> <Yes>. well." <laughs> and I I was really taken aback, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay."
0: <laughs> well, so what do you think about her music?
1: <laughs> oh, it's amazing! It's great! It's really cool <laughs> to see. I mean, she hasn't. Um, I don't think she's put anything out for, I don't really know how long, 15 years or something. I mean, a long time.
0: Since she was
1: on my label. Okay. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Very cool.
0: And so, you know, that's why it's just so interesting. And I do think that, you know, it's very interesting because what was your degree in?
1: I did an interdisciplinary studies degree, which is kind of like, uh, you know, humanities sounds awesome (laughs) what was it called um i mine was uh let me think what the what the my tie i got to name it it was it was a mixture of folklore and anthropology and american studies um and, and conflict it was like it was like popular and vernacular expression in yes contemporary america or something like that
0: okay well tell me what that means because that sounds very smart it's
1: very cool. <laughs> well, it certainly is not, but um it was my way of It certainly is. It was my way of not having to choose a major. And I had taken a lot of <laughs> a lot of classes in folklore, but I was also interested in um I was interested in like the similarities and the differences between pop forms of you know, cultural expression like pop music and folk forms of expression and kind of where those things meet and, you know, what it means to ha- to have music or um, any kind of a cultural artifact that is like accessible to a lot of people and what it can tell yes. us about a culture.
0: And so what can you be, what can you learn about the modern era in your, in the stuff that you've studied?
1: I, I just came up with more questions than answers, which is what they which is what they tell you to do in uh, most schools these days, which is good. It's a good place to start. I, I, uh-huh. I was really concerned about um, authenticity. I was curious about authenticity and how we decide um, who has the right to make certain types of music. And uh-huh. um I didn't focus as much on race as I wish now looking back that I had, because I think, um, especially in folk music, especially in like old time music and the string band music of, um, this area where I'm from, the, that whole history has so much to do with co-opting black music for white, um, financial gain and, uh, cultural capital, uh-huh. And it's interesting. It's interesting who we give the the sort of like laurel of authenticity to when it comes to fiddle uh-huh. and banjo music. And it's kind of that story right. is changing, changing now. But for a long time, that was just considered, you know, your the white white people's back porch music almost exclusively.
0: Yes, even though there are so many more forms of that.
1: Yeah, totally. And also also it's interesting um in contemporary country music kind of as a, an outgrowth of that. It's interesting right. the way we talk, think about authenticity in country music, both racially and like class wise. And right. um it, there's this sort You're of like
0: my language now.
1: Yeah, this yes. <laughs> this like romantic fantasy about um rural and working class southern people. Um uh-huh. But it turns out that, you know, the real target demographic of most modern country music is like pretty well off suburbanites.
0: Bros. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Clearly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, how how do you deal with that in playing the kind of music that you play?
1: I I struggle with it. I It's actually one area where I'm grateful that making music now has so much to do with communicating with your fan base, like on social media and stuff. I, Uh in most ways, I resent that. And it feels distracting, but it does give you an opportunity. (laughs) It gives you an opportunity to say some things outside of just, you know, your lyrics. And I like that.
0: Well, I definitely really liked the, the stuff that I got from Florence and that's why I decided to ask you on the podcast. And so tell other people where do they go to get your music
1: um you can get it on all the sort of streaming sites um spotify and apple music and all that but i would love for you to go to bandcamp and get it there okay because Why? i i really believe in bandcamp and their relationship to um people who make music and their uh attention to these same kinds of inequities and social justice issues that, that are really permeate the whole musical landscape. And, um, and in uh, contrast to Spotify and those other ones, uh, they give money, a lot of money to the actual people who make the music.
0: Wow. Well, that's very cool. We need to know about that. Definitely. And so anyway, thank you for coming on. It's been fun.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. Nice to meet yes. you, Dave. No, Dale, yes, sorry. Dale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Appreciate it. I didn't it. pronounce your last name,
0: and you mispronounced pronounce me, so it's all good. Hey, it's all good, Bye. yeah. DaleWileyShow.com.